Lightning Strikes Thrice is part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network, please check out our Patreon page and consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. Listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Final Fantasy 13 series game club podcast. This is episode 6, covering Academia 400 AF through Academia 4XX AF of Final Fantasy 13 2. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is Matt Marcus. This is Graham Marcuson. Fletcher. Alright. So we ended last episode having finally dealt with his royal ripeness and having a sit down in the void beyond. And now we would be ready to venture onward to Academia 400 AF, but we have an update from our Paradox Ending correspondent, Fletcher. So, when I have been arguing repeatedly that Mog owns, Mog does in fact own, and did you guys know Mog owns, a lot of it is that I knew this Paradox Ending was in the game, wherein you take on a powered-up Royal Ripeness... Defeating him causes the timeline to spawn an even stronger flan monster in his image, and our party disguise themselves as monsters to create a poison tribute to this King Flan, at which point Mog decides, since he has to do all the work, he's going to just poison Noel and Sarah as well and rule over this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very okay, Trigger-esque, isn't it? So... Yeah. When they say they create another monster spawns in his image, are you talking about his royal ripeness or Mog? His royal, uh, his royal ripeness. That yeah. is not okay. the same one you've just killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, I liked the phrase in his image. It was very good. It was like we were deifying this giant flan. Look, Deep I mean, Strange Journey royal. just shipped for me, so you better believe I'm in that mood. Let me know if that's any good, actually. I want to I want to play it. I have the original, like, in shrink wrap and i'm just debating whether or not i want to crack it open i played it another three times for mega 10 marathon last year so you better believe i'm in that mood oh good all right that's an endorsement yeah yeah all right so we are now heading our way towards academia 400 af Sarah arrive in a massive futuristic metropolis. It's a testament to the efforts of the people from the past, particularly this reaffirms Hope's ideas of saving Cocoon years before the fall and just the works of academia in general. Noel wishes that Yule could come see the mighty city, and he is brought to tears when he explains that his Yule is dead because he could not protect her. 
there's a, uh, a weird bit in this cutscene that I like where Noel finally comes around to the idea of delayed gratification. He basically says, maybe we should do things, even if you can't see the effect instantly. <laughs> well, I don't get the I don't get the impression that he was against it. It's just like this affirms that they should just stick with Hope's plan. But he actually says almost literally those words, which I thought was hilarious. Also, you have to realize that Noel comes from a messed up future where the immediate effect is all they can see. Yeah, no, I I get it. It's just funny. That's fair. Then, a foul sea spots a brand on Sarah's arm and reacts with hostility. The foul sea turns nearby citizens into Seath, and Noel and Sarah need to get out of there. During this sequence, the player is bombarded by very frequent, unescapable enemy encounters. The ghouls Seath are not difficult, but they are annoying. As the player moves through academia, they get trapped in a small corridor, but all it requires is touching a terminal nearby to remove the force fields and continue on. Like the foul sea... Looks like the Vestige from Final Fantasy Thirteen, the one you see at the beginning of the game. Hell yeah, it does. The Bodum Vestige, yeah. Or is it? Yeah. Is it also? Does it also look like the uh, the servants in uh, the Cradle? Or if it's Cradle? Uh, mm, I, I don't, no, I don't no, think not so. so much. Like I think in order for it to like remind me of that image, is that they'd have to have a person on front going. <laughs> Why did that turn into Ray Romano? I don't know. Well, Deborah. I mean, would I... There's Falsy in the city! <laughs> Better game. That would have been an interesting paradox where uh, Noel turns into Ray Romano. I'd believe it. I wonder if I can mod that. <laughs> you I wonder if there's do. a Ray Romano model in 3D for me to use. Let me look. Ooh, And then you just get voice clips from the show and then just throw that in with the laugh track on instead of Sarah's voice or something. I don't know. I kind of just want to turn every Noel line into Deborah for no <laughs> reason. <laughs> This is why Final Fantasy Thirteen mods need to take off, because we need stuff like this. They exist for Thirteen too. That's fine. Yeah, I can imagine a mod of, like, Noel, like, all of his lines being replaced with shouting Yule, like, uh, like the Sean glitch in Heavy Rain. That would be pretty good. This part reminds me of the Hall of Giants from Final Fantasy One. If you don't remember, the Hall of Giants is this little part inside a Final Fantasy One cave that has an... Ex- Excruciating enemy encounter rate where all you do is just fight hill giants. There's a lot of encounters too close together. So like the, in, a, in a minute here, we're going to get some force field thing where you have to fight a guy to clear the force fields. So you have to take the long way around, fight him, and then that path is opened up. But there's one upstairs on these two catwalks that's like 10 feet apart. And I could never figure out how to get around to get to the guy on the back because the minimap is not super helpful in this area. No. But uh, I went down this walkway a lot because I was trying to explore and get a bunch of shit. So every time I went down this walkway, it was the space between them was small enough that it would spawn the uh, the encounter circle. But you could not get out of it in time. So every nope. time I came through here, it was like, going to fight this guy, I guess. The seat that you fight, they suck. They're not super interesting fights. And you get a single CP for every single one of them. So you don't even get the consolation prize of, hey, at least I'm getting some character development. Like, no, you're basically getting garbage unless you're fighting one of those uh, like Orion monsters. Is that true that you only get one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's real bad. Yeah, they explicitly do not want you grinding here. 
Oh, there was a cool thing, though, speaking of the mini-map, because at some point you can get a quest to fully map this area. That... Don't do it in this timeline. No, but, uh, no. But I opened the mini-map, and I was like, oh shit, we're on, like, the 500th floor, which was just, like, a cool way to add flavor to the area. Mm-hmm. That's the worst side quest in the game that I mention in the notes, is the fact that you do have to return to this timeline to give the map person all the data. Oh, that's fine. You can come back here, I guess. It just sucks that every time you want to turn in data on that, you have to return to this enemy-filled hell timeline. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I had a... Oh, God, what is... I can... Gar Chimerica? Uh, that was just mm-hmm. throwing Furagas and killing these guys in a single move. So, like, these fights were really short, which is nice, but it just gets very tedious in what's already a pretty large area. So... There is something funny about this, though, because they don't start turning into Seath until you go down the straight shot right in front of you. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, the main progression is there. Let's go off to the sides first. Uh But the people here, the civilians, react as though the Seath thing has already happened. So I just go over there and people are screaming, get away from me! (laughs) Uh, And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know if this happens in this part of the timeline or a later one but like there's children running around and there's one that'll slip on like a pool of water and eat shit and it's very funny that is in the good timeline <laughs> okay okay well <laughs> that like i was laughing really really hard i'm like did the game really just do that <laughs> i know exactly the npc you're talking about and it's one of the funniest in the game it's really i i should uh, get a video of that and share it with you guys it's really funny Oh, also, in this area, for some reason, my knoll just, like, fell to the ground and would not get up. Ha! So it's just, like, I was just, like, running around without knoll, and occasionally I would backtrack, and there's knoll, like, with his, like... Because there's a, there's a point where he, like, lays down in the game on his side and props his head up while they're chatting in the void beyond, and that was the pose his character <laughs> was in on the ground, like he was fucking Slayer from Guilty Gear. <laughs> it was very funny. So slightly related to that. There are no 3D Ray Romano models unless I want to mod in his mammoth from Ice Age. Hell yeah! You could, yep. That'd be good. And two, that just gives me the mental image of, Sarah, I don't want to get out of bed. So thanks. Better game. <laughs> Anyhow, we start walking along a balcony and the plot kicks in with no warning in the middle of this. Mm-mm. So we get surrounded by a group of the trash seeth, and for some reason, Caius will then show up and clear them out to fight us. Oh. Are they seeth that are easy to beat, or seeth made of people who you would call trash? You know, I'm just going to say both. Why not both? <laughs> Why not yeah. both? I, I can't see a reason <laughs> not to deny it, and half of Academia's citizens are garbage, as evidenced by Falling Boy just a second ago. Anyway. <laughs> Falling Boy? I think that's pretty <laughs> much his name. All he does is just beef it over and over. That's going to be the name of my new cover band. The one I saw was a pigtail girl, like a blonde pigtail girl doing the same thing, which is even Oh, funnier. maybe there's multiple child NPCs I, I think there who are. do nothing but bash their front teeth out on the ground. I think you're right. Later on, you see something like that in Academia 4XX. That's what we're all talking about, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah, no, and there's also, I think, one that, like, falls down the escalator or something. Yes! (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) We're not. It's that mole rat's joke come to life. (laughs) That kid is back 
on the escalator again. I like Falling Boy as my Fallout Boy cover band. Yep. <laughs> Accident on the escalator. Anyway, Caius, blah, 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 blah. We're contradictions in the timeline, and we shouldn't be here because we died in a tower when we learned the forbidden mm. history. So, as a result, Caius is leading us 200 years in the past to Augusta Tower, which will be our next destination. But until then, he also wants us to die here. You know, either works. Yeah. Noel says that Caius enlisting the help of the Falci to attack them is not like him. He's usually more direct, but he's doing it because he needs assistance showing them their transgressions. What? What the fuck is that about? Yeah, I'm not actually sure what he meant by that. Do you actually want to know what this is? Yeah, sure. Tell me. Well, we find out This is not Caius. No. Oh, yeah. Well, well, eventually. They say that. I just, I don't know what the thing he's saying is supposed to mean, not why it's happening. Because they explicitly say that later they don't think it's real Caius. So what is happening here is we are being lured into a trap as a paradox. Okay. By the Augustus Tower AI. Right. The Augusta Tower AI is really fucking cool. Spoiler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's let's keep getting to it. Deeper into academia, there's another Caius encounter when he destroys a bridge ahead of them, and then they assume that they're trying to be cut off from where he doesn't want them to go, so they figure their destination is on the other side of academia. Some point here on your way, you can find and get dunked by Jezeric, which is like a very strong vampire enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a potent boss for this area of the game, and you will have to return here if you want all the artifacts. Uh, so you kill him and you get an artifact from it? Or it's an artifact behind him? It's a, Yeah, it's a little side quest artifact. Does he at least open the gates next to him also? Yeah, if you take him out, it opens a little bit of path. Mm-hmm. So, after traveling through the chaotic streets of a panicked academia, the heroes arrive at the west side of the city, where they are ambushed by Seath monsters, including the Cocytus enemies, or Cassitus? I don't know how to pronounce it. No, nobody pronounces these things <laughs> in the game. These are the, the flying guys. I didn't have much trouble with them. I just nuked them with fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tijin Tower flashbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, because these are the same guys. Yeah. I had to watch out for the Cocytus enemies, because although their miasma ability wasn't very potent and didn't land often... Its Levin Bolt ability was very devastating. I found these guys only noteworthy because they are immune to the Zwerg Scandroid, but that also did not make me change off of it because I was just dunking very hard. Because they're immune to lightning? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything's currently immune to lightning given her fate. Oh! Uh, Nailed it. High five. Oh. Anyhow... Another Yule is here. She decides to let herself get ganked because that's her fate. And so while we do a... It's another trash battle. Everything here is a trash battle except that aforementioned mini-boss. We do it, and we run over to Yule, but she's cool. She died. As it goes. Wait, wasn't she alive and then she got ganked? Yeah. That's my point. You do the boss battle and then she's dead. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You do a mini-boss. She's alive. You do another mini boss, she's still alive, and then she gets ganked. She's letting herself die, you're running to her, then there's the boss fight, and at that point she's a corpse. Yes. Hell yeah. And then we start a boss fight with Zenobia. I'm glad they reused Zenobia's model, because she always looks so cool, and we never actually got to fight her in Final Fantasy Thirteen. 
Was that the Do one? Do you actually I... see Zenobia in yeah, Final you Fantasy see her, 13? but she gets ganked by a Tonberry. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, I did, from that thing I didn't do. Okay. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> yep. So, we, Zenobia starts the battle by going into defensive stance. Whenever she does this, she covers herself in a wall of impenetrable tentacle armor, and she also summons a quartet. Doesn't she summon more later in the fight? I Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, she, she summons some tentacle dudes, and uh, they heal wounds and attack, but they mostly just annoyingly fog or dispel the heroes. They protect, but also attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you just want to AoE the, everything, so you hit both the uh, the adds and the uh, the tentacles. Yep. You know, this might be one of the more tame times when a tentacle monster attacks a young girl. I mean, it's also attacking Noel. Uh, yeah, but still pretty tame. I give the game credit for that. I agree with that. <laughs> I've seen some anime. <laughs> Zenobia, 390 to, you know, question mark AF, whole man. This fight is cool, but yeah. uh, I didn't have to do anything other than rotate through diversity, relentless assault, and aggression. It's pretty straightforward. The tentacles will come back after a little bit, but then, you you know, you get... The monster and stagger, and then you do your stagger thing, and then you know just rinse, wash, repeat. I will say this is when Kate Sith absolutely stopped cutting it, and after this, I started doing some medic stuff with Noel. Really, because I stopped using Kate Sith before Feral. At this point, I took it out and replaced it with uh, like a Sentinel Pulsework Soldier guy, and just been riding like that since then. I think at this point, I had Sarah or Noel being a medic, so. Yeah, mm. but I was still using Kassit too. This fight actually gave me a lot of trouble. It took a few tries. One major tactic I use is to keep myself buffed up because the minions will focus on dispelling your buffs before trying to use fog, which is far more annoying. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And this boss, of course, uh, inflicts wounding with uh, some of its larger attacks. So you always want to beat a boss as fast as possible in these games. But I think the wounding adds a little bit of extra uh, oomph to get you there. After battle, Noel checks on Yule. She let herself die because she saw her future and she saw her own death. And if she were to live, it would bring contradiction to the timeline. Sarah blames herself and Noel for it. Because of them, Yule has to die. Before Yule dies, she tells Noel and Sarah that Caius is not there. I was very confused by the rules of times and contradictions. Why exactly does Yule have to die? Although, like, later on in this chapter, they kind of explain it, but at the time, I was very confused. Well, she has to die because she saw she has to die. It's a tautology. <laughs> or, like, you know... Yeah, they, the Yules all suck because eventually they will see the end of their life, and so if they break that, they're breaking their rule. Right, so... yeah. Kind of a bummer. Anyway, Yule's corpse leaves behind an artifact, which is handy because there's a gate ten feet away. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you're me, <laughs> because I was like, I wonder what that side path by Chocolina was, and then you go through an optional gate, forget you didn't go through the plot gate, and then do a bunch of side shit for 15 hours trying to figure out how to get into Augusta Tower 200 AF. Nice. Also, the fragment she gives you has good lore for Zenobia on it that I want to read. Zenobia is one of the fearsome group of Seath known as the Undying. 
After fucking up the city ruins on Pulse, she disappeared from history. In 400 AF, she was summoned through space-time by Proto-Falci Adam, spoilers, and killed (laughs) Yule. It is at this moment, it is said that this moment was foreseen and recorded within an Oracle drive. So just like fucking elite Seath squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Undying. They were a series of super bosses in the last game. Yeah, you fought one of them. One of them was the big dude that came over the cliff, right? Yeah, Kaiserick. Kaiserick. Yeah, yeah. And Mithridates in the bottom of the tower was also Undying. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a badass name. <laughs> I like it. So they got an encore. The theme that plays during this part, a special version of Noel's theme, is really good. It's appeared before in the game, but this is the first time you just you get to just let it echo into the night. Contrast with the quiet, rainy streets of academia, it's a very good sad moment. I'm trying to remember which one's Noel's theme. I think that's the, the one that's in like 7-8 time. Oh no, that's Paradox. I'll look it up. <laughs> you could definitely ruin this, by the way, because if you back up like five feet, the really intense music starts and there's just like a line in the ground. Oh, where yeah. The music swaps. I ran into that, too, actually. Yeah. Right <laughs> after this fight, I went back because I, I think uh, I, was, I wanted to see if um, the monster stopped spawning all the time after the boss battle so I could explore and, and get all the map stuff, which doesn't happen. Also, if you go back, this area is not necessarily designed very well for no, going you back. Can't, you actually. do a lot of s- slowly jumping up escalators because you go slightly farther that they carry you back down. Okay, yeah. See, I saw that the escalator was going the wrong way, and I just gave up and just. But yeah, I, I found that line where the uh, where the battle music like starts back up again from the sad like post boss music. Uh, That's pretty funny. Uh, this is also just a very good episode for music because I love me some Augusta Tower theme. Mm. Anyhow, before they hop in the gate, Sarah and Noel talk about Yule's fate, and Noel mentions that she had to die because seers that change history to save themselves doom thousands of others to a worse fate. I feel like thousands is definitely understating it, but I also know that there are only like ten people around when Noel's alive, so... <laughs> right. Yeah. So we get to Augusta Tower 200, right? And we get a scene. Uh, Noel says he believes they'll find out what the forbidden history is in that tower. It seems that they are trapped in a cube room. It seems that they are trapped in a room, but there are... When you say cube room, that has real implications for me as a human. Uh, (laughs) It seems that they are trapped in a room, but there are terminals nearby that may educate them. One of the terminals details the Proto-Falci project, developed in 13 AF by the Academy. Designed by Alyssa and headed by Hope S. Time, the uh, objective was to create an artificial Falci that would relevitate Cocoon. It seems like Caius is taking control of the artificial Falci, but why? But why would you want to create a new Falci? That seems like the worst idea. Well, look! 
The moon was previously held up by robot gods, so it seems reasonable that you just need a new robot god to hold up the moon. I mean, one that you could hopefully control if they decide to, you know, enslave humanity again. It's really unfortunate that movies don't exist, so they didn't know that creating robot gods with artificial intelligence was bad. Well, I guess they found out. I'm just amused that in this world, instead of computer development, they just had a weird robot god arms race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the very battle network. Yeah. Hey, remember that time we made the internet, but it could also destroy human minds? Good mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. My God. It just... It seems so dumb that somebody would botnet your stove, and then that's the world we live in now. Fucking I know, how nuts is are, that? Wait until Computers get... are fucking garbage. Internet <laughs> of shit, baby. Oh, boy. Russia's gonna hack my, uh, my microwave while I'm making popcorn. That's the plot of Battle Network and the world we live in! <sighs> wait, 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 wait. Russia's the antagonist in Battle Network? Not Russia explicitly, <laughs> but an evil organization. There's in Battle Network Two, an evil organization hacks someone's stove to use oh, its computing one. power. Yeah, that's in one. They hack somebody's stove to use its computing power as part of a fucking botnet. Oh, also, God. that house gets hacked regularly. A squirrel the f- statue. The oh yeah. Why, Why does the squirrel, squirrel statue, statue have a computer? <laughs> yeah. I know. What does it do when it's hacked? <laughs> does it like just start spinning wildly or something? No, it stays completely still, but you have to unhack it. Why? I like Battle Network a lot, but holy shit, it's real dumb. I will absolutely join you for a Battle Network cast. I'm curious yeah, about let's, that. Let's, I've heard good things. Let's do a side podcast. I haven't played it in a long time, but I do like it, or whatever member of it. Anyway, after listening to that plot revelation... The heroes can leave the room, and as they're walking around, you can see a bunch of people standing around, but you can't interact with them. And Sarah makes a comment saying that they have no presence. Some of them will say some numbers as you walk by them, and this is plot important, actually. (laughs) But at the moment, it's just, you know, uncanny and disturbing. Nearby, the heroes enter a room with a terminal that demands a password. The password is all the numbers that the weird people will say. The terminal shows a recording of Sarah Null at 400 AF Academia. Was Caius watching them there the whole time? Null doesn't think that the Caius they met in Academia was the real Caius. Mm-hmm. So the game's beating on this drum pretty hard in case you haven't figured it out yet, but now we're going to have Noel explain why he thinks that the Caius who just sacrificed a Yule and tried to kill them was fake, despite the fact that he just saw Caius try to end time at the start of the game and that's what kicked everything off. Mm-hmm. Noel and Caius were both guardians, warriors charged with protecting the Seerus Yule. When Caius left, Noel was left alone to protect her at the end of time, and he sucked at it, so she died. And then Noel was literally the last human on Earth, at which point a portal opened and kicked him to Valhalla, starting the game. I like that there's a whole plot here in which a much worse JRPG happens off-screen and ends in everyone fucking it up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah! (laughs) <laughs> oh my god dude imagine a jrpg that square enix makes where there are only three characters and no one else to talk to and how awful that would be yeah that would be a little dry i could make a joke about i am setsuna here but i won't 
Well, they didn't make that game, did they? Just, just, just imagine it for a minute, because the way Square Enix does character development is each character gets character development one at a time and then stands there with nothing to say for the rest of the game. So the last third of the game is just one of the characters monologuing to themselves repeatedly while someone else occasionally goes, yep, we gotta do the thing. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> this isn't a Square Enix game. This is basically a Triace game, and we know they can do weird RPGs. Yeah, they can. Yeah, Valkyrie Profile, baby. Not that that's going to come back up soon. Oh, man. Like, yeah. uh, just some of the scenes in uh, Residence of Fate. Oh, my God. Yeah! Uh, oh, we got our raisins. The entirety of Radiata <laughs> stories? <laughs> I haven't played that one. It's it's weird. Yeah. It's really weird, actually. Noel doesn't know why they keep running into him, but the Caius in Academia sacrificed Yule, which the real Caius wouldn't do. Well, we already said that, and I wasn't listening because I was out of the room. Eh. Just as they move on, Noel is frustrated because he has memories missing. He can't remember how Yule died. Afterward, all areas in the tower are accessible. So I'm really fucking sick of this fucking Yule. Noel can't. Oh my god. All these fucking bullshit EL names are blending together. Noel. Noel's amnesia shtick is, like, really fucking tired for me. Is it just that as we are slightly modifying the future he comes from, the things that he remembered disappear so he can't remember them anymore? I think so. And, like, to me, that makes a lot of sense that he's changing the future, he's changing the timeline, so his memory is getting a little shifty. I find it believable. They could have played it better. Most of his amnesia has to do with Yule stories, which is all the history he would know as a guardian. Okay. I'm just saying, whenever you are in the middle of a stupid Yule plot, that is when he starts going, ow, my head. As opposed to, hey, we're dealing with the life and death of Hoth Vestheim. Who? I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Right, because he, I mean, presumably something we'll learn later is that Caius is the one that remembers everything, and Yule's just the one that can see stuff in the future. So it's not like Yule Excuse is, me. Right? He doesn't remember everything. It's that he etches this pain and sorrow upon his heart and will carry it forward into the future. Yeah, same thing. Well, it's no, it's just that all of history is Oracle Drive recordings at that point in time. Well, no, that's explicitly what he says when one of them dies. It's like, I will etch this grief upon my heart. I mean, yeah, but everyone feels bad when a Yule <laughs> dies until you get to like Yule Ball Seven, and then you're just renaming them to keep the same water dish. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, they spot Caius walking around again. They try to follow him, but the terminal that controls the room's rotations, like these these little rooms, you can rotate them ninety degrees just so that you can get to different. I don't know why <laughs> this tower needs rotating rooms, but hey, you need a puzzle. Apparently so because it's run by a falsy and falsies are sadistic for no reason. Yeah, but it's like they could have been they could have said like, here, do a Rubik's Cube every time. Like they literally just like, hey, just press a button a few times and then it rotates. And that's it. The rotation devices cost one hundred dollars less when constructing this tower than a second bridge. So that's what they did. (laughs) (sighs) Fair enough. Just then they had to add the force fields later when they realized it was an OSHA violation that you could just walk out of this room to your death 400 feet below. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, by the way, this entire area, there are uh, treasure spheres like out in the distance that where you can throw Mog to grab them. They fucking suck. You have to land Mog directly on top of them. One or two of them are some of the worst to get, but there's a few treasure spheres I can think of that suck more. 
Yeah, but like those are. It's just really funny how far you can throw, <laughs> you just throw Mog out into the wilderness. I spent like 15 minutes trying to get one, and then I got it, and there was a remedy, and then I alt f would the game and came back the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Exactly>. so, <laughs> so, and also, the, the nice thing about Mog Throw, I gotta say, is that like some of these puzzles, like they want you to rotate the rooms a specific way to just to get an item, and then you have to do it again. Fuck that. Yeah, no, you can just throw Mog. Fuck that. You can just. Get right by all that. You look where you need to go. You rotate all the rooms that way, and anything else, you just fucking huck that asshole. Like, and go get and get it. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. why he poisons you. You know. Yeah, yeah sure. fuck him. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, they can't follow Caius. Uh, there's a paradox corrupting the terminal that's rotating these rooms, and you need the access key fifty to open this in that you find in another version of the Augusta Tower in a different timeline. I believe it's 300. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is absolutely the dumbest one of the dumbest decisions your characters make in this game where we have to resolve paradoxes to clean up the timeline, but this bridge doesn't work. So what if we bring something from the future here and actively just bring a paradox here so we can cross a bridge? Sure. I mean, technically yeah. you're going I mean, it's just an access code. It's not like a or is it just a no, card? It's like a oh, it's a physical object because right. she has a hand motion where she plugs a thing in. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I already did this by this point because Augusta Tower 300 AF opens up, I think, right before the Royal Ripeness Saga. So I did that first. Uh, so I already had this key and just kind of kept rolling. Yeah, there are a few gates across the game world that require wild artifacts to open up. But the one the player needs to progress is... In Yashas Massif, 10XAF. And so you could very easily come across it before Royal Ripeness or whatever. It leads to Augusta Tower, 300AF. Right. Once so, again, great music. Mm-hmm. Is it different? I don't remember this music at all. I'd have to look it up. I this is the one that hand. has battle music, which is why it rules. Oh. Uh, Anyhow, so Sarah and Noel arrive at? The same tower, but this time there's a cutscene because of the fact that now they're being watched. And they might, in fact, be contradictions in the timeline. Because paradoxes are bad, this might destroy the world. This is the only time this will be mentioned in the game until it happens. Sarah and Noel try to figure out what's going on. Sarah says the system in the tower has been hacked by someone on the outside. Imagine fucking Sarah and just, like, fucking just... An Ubuntu shell just trying to figure out, like, what's going on with Netstat? Very funny to me. Mm-hmm. She's a teacher. She might be one of the only people on Earth who knows what a computer is. Yeah, fucking Sarah, like a Red Hat expert. Uh, they're trying to use the network to override the system, and Noel thinks all they have to do is track down the intruder and deal with them. But Sarah says they could be hacking the system from the future. Also, if you kill somebody hacking your computer, your computer is still hacked. <laughs> to resolve the anomaly in the tower, the player needs to rotate some rooms and do a bunch of bullshit. I hate this area. Yeah, it's a pretty lousy goal for the player. This is fucking Taijin Tower 2.0. It's worse, though, because at least in Taijin Tower, you can run around things. Here, everything yeah. is so narrow. And especially, like, when we get back to 400 or 500 or whatever the the future one the guys that pop up they're floating so they come at any angle they come super fast and usually they'll ambush you or at the at best you won't get 
the bonus for uh, preemptive strikes. So these battles can get very frustrating. And here I think we run into Flanaters again, right? The first yep. one? Yeah. However, you also get another amazing robot in this tower. Hell yeah, you get a bunch of robots. Mm-hmm. Always recruit robots. Robots are the best. So after the player walks around the tower, the announcer AI will start saying numbers. And this is important to remember because there is another password puzzle that comes up that uses these numbers. Or you can do what I did and just guess. Because there isn't much of a penalty for... Yeah, you fight like three encounters, up to three encounters, who gives a shit. So it takes less time than getting the password. Yeah. Yeah, the theme of the Augusta Tower experience is just make every false choice on one of these you can, because there's more items for it. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, you make your way up the floors. There's an extra floor if you want some bonus items. You just need to have a key item from a prior time period to get there. I can't remember, but yeah, like, I think there's a bunch of items up there. Where is the key located? Does anyone know? Nope. I think you get it after I a fight. I already had it because New Game Plus. Okay, um, cool. Oh, keys carry over? You could not care less about fucking items that just require me to go spend a bunch more time for some fucking items that will be outdated in an hour. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Dude, some of those are not items that are outdated because they are fashion items for your monsters, which are never out of style. Outdated immediately. I'm sorry, I think you are incorrect, says the man putting bows on lightning. I have the lightning mask, what do you want from me? (laughs) I change my stuff up regularly. I have the only fashion accessory you need. (laughs) Besides the Sarah mask, which you should probably just put on lightning. I'll take a screenshot of that for you later. Yeah! Mm -hmm. It's even funnier if you put the Sarah mask on um, Saz. (laughs) Oh, that is weird. Yeah, it looks real weird. Uh, I'm sure it does. That's not what people are talking about when they say reparations. <laughs> oh, God! Uh, <laughs> and now. darkest joke of the episode goes to... <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It's, it's, oh, spoilers, it's always me. <laughs> it's always you. Well, I feel better I didn't make a Holocaust joke about the Yules dying earlier. Uh, there's not anyway, enough Yules like, to make that... Hmm. That's okay, I made, the, I made the Holocaust joke when we were talking about anime on another show, don't worry about it. All right, I'm good. There are there's a lot of Holocaust in animes, apparently. Because so, I, I I was just informed that Kill a Kill Hitler wins. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was told that that's the world where the Axis powers win, and then turns into weird dystopia with clothes and aliens and shit. Makes sense. What? <laughs> yeah, there's apparently a line in one of the early episodes about how oh Chancellor Hitler did this. It's like wait he, he they won. What? <laughs> Did I break Fletcher? Mentioning Chancellor Hitler and a thing that takes place in the future is a great way to add a bunch of backstory to your thing without having to write any of it. That's that's I, very true. I've only seen about two or three episodes of that, so as a result, that's one of those things that just leaves me going, you did what now? Yeah, it's not like majorly important to anything in the plot. It's just a backstory thing that's also very morbid. <laughs> Nothing is majorly important to anything in Kill the Kill. Spoilers. Hey, I didn't go on with it, so it's not like I care. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyhow, at the top of the tower, there's a dead-end cube room, and you put in another password to get rid of the intruder. The AI tells you to F off, it will end you. There's a lot of commandos in this tower, and I say that, but there's kind of a lot of commandos everywhere. Because it's just the most common monster you're going to get. 
You can be a commando whenever you want, Graham. Don't let society tell you what to do. Hooah, Rambo! So, with Augusta Tower 300 sorted out, we can go back to 200 and do more of this bullshit. So, when we get there, the terminal is no longer jammed by a paradox because we jammed another paradox into it. We spot Alyssa, but like the other people in the tower, she seems off and she doesn't recognize Sarah and Noel. They find out that Alyssa is a duplicate. Which is creepy and awesome. (laughs) yeah basically that's why none of the people were responding to you because they're i I mean are duplicates like they're not clones are they they're not are they not holograms like what what exactly are they they're basically simulacrums yeah like i get the feeling they're physical but at the same time they are like a digital manifestation yeah um they are 100 percent physical because of a paradox ending coming up at the end of this part Okay, gotcha. so what okay. they are is they're fucking, they're like synths, right? Yeah. Because this is where we get the conversation where they just completely dunk, twice in like five minutes, they just dunk on the entirety of cyberpunk, mm-hmm. and just, because cyberpunk is nothing but a bunch of navel-gazing, which I happen to like, but still. Alyssa says, a fabricated life form, or a synthetic human, the semantics don't matter. And then, like, five minutes later, Sarah just says, if a human is created artificially, do they have a spirit? And then Noel just goes, no. Nope. <laughs> Here is how you know that Sarah is Yoko Taro and Noel is David Cage. No. <laughs> Wait, I thought David Cage was at least asking the question and not answering. Yeah, he, he's asking the question, but he thinks no. it's a new question. No, what David Cage is asking is, what if we treated robots like black people? Wouldn't that be bad? I'm just saying, the level they're on is, what if robots could be human? And then Sarah's like, what if humans could be human? Yeah, That's where fucking, we're at here. Yeah. Fucking, That's what if we're the real monsters? You know, no I don't think they have Cyberpunk in Noel's future, and that's a problem. Yeah, he just needs to watch Blade They Runner. don't have shit in Noel's future. Mm-hmm. Really missing out on the fucking all the hot trench coats. <laughs> uh, plus, he could also have, like, you know, his sunglasses, like, that retract into his skull. Ugh. Man, okay, real talk, I would get sunglasses <laughs> that retracted into my skull. I mean, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That would feel weird, I think. I would have specifically asked for that. What if it, like, ruined your sinuses or something? That's that's trouble. What if I got no. my sinuses removed? Here's the thing. What it means is, you obviously have to have your skull replaced to make room, which means you have a metal skull. Alright, hold Ooh. up. Time to find out. What is the biological purpose? Biological purpose of sinuses. I'm wondering how much of this I'm keeping in the regular All episode. All of it. <laughs> All of it. This is on y'all. I don't edit this show. Uh, what <laughs> no, is the me. purpose? <laughs> the sinuses lighten the skull or improve our voices, but their main function is pr- to produce snot, which protects you against pollu- pollutants, microorganisms, dust, and dirt. That's fine. That's fine. You just get a fucking air filter in your nose. It's cool. Okay, thank <laughs> you, Adam Jensen, for your cyberpunk investigations. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never asked for this. We all asked for this. <laughs> yes, he did. And, uh, I mean, you're talking to a guy who had a chip implanted in his hand. So. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you want to fight about it? Half I'm two thirds of a doctor. Don't talk shit to me. Half my face I... is also metal because it ha- like got shattered so bad it had to be replaced. What do you want from <laughs> me? It really fucking sucks in the winter. 
or or every time you want to get on a plane. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as any bone replacement. You just tell them, hey, I got a metal X in my Y. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. a metal X in my face. I have a metal right wrist because I also destroyed that. It's great. Jeez. Yeah, they just scan you with the wand to go, oh, yeah, checks out. And then they give you the pat down, and then because you think you're funny, you go, oh, when they touch your crotch, and then they hold you for four hours because that made them mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on their side in this one. Don't make jokes when people are touching your I definitely, I definitely did that. <laughs> and then I definitely got held for four hours and missed the flight. You're supposed to take out your piercings before you get into the machine. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to say anything as someone <laughs> actually on a watch list. Look, you got to take <laughs> oh, out your no. piercings to take out your piercing is all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, so heroes talk to Alyssa again and they ask <laughs> if Caius has been around and whether or not Yule has been there either. There's a live trigger where Sarah can speculate why Caius is there in the tower in the first place. And regardless of the options, the heroes travel further into the tower to find him. I chose a silly option because there's treasure in the tower, which basically turns Sarah into an idiot for a quick minute. Really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I chose the wrong option also, but I learned that all the Yules see the same timeline and are cooperating with each other across time to make it happen. Which mm-hmm. is yep. hilarious when I think, oh no, the true timeline isn't that humanity gets obliterated. You're right. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah and Noel go up the elevator and everything goes to hell. A recording is displayed where machines murder everyone on the Academy staff, including Hope, who is the only named person. There's a battle, and the digital Alyssa tells them it's a recording of what happened there 187 years ago. That's right, murder years ago. Mm -hmm. Were the real Hope and Alyssa murdered? Yes. The AI killed them because they got in the way. After the Academy developers were killed, the AI took over the tower, and the duplicates were decided to use puppets to hide the history of things. That is the forbidden history, and people who know too much have to be buried. This is incredibly stupid, because the AI didn't have to tell you this whole thing. It just did it, so it had the excuse to kill you. Also, 187 years ago means literally the second they made the AI, they all got killed. There wasn't, like, any time period at all, because that's 13 AF when they started the thing. The second (laughs) they turned on the AI, it fucked them. Yeah, this is not, and this is not a sympathetic, oh, Hal went mad because you gave him conflicting orders. This is, we turned the thing on and it just spit buzz saws. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hope and Sarah are stuck in the tower, and this is what Caius meant by them being entombed in the tower. But if they could get out, they would automatically be changing history. So, Mm -hmm. like, to cover this, the AI knows they are stuck in this time in 200. In 400, the doomed AI future goes, wait, how are these two time-traveling assholes here? And proceeds to lure them back to this time because of the fact that it thinks that they're supposed to be there. So the AI has sealed its own damn doom. So it goes. But along the way, you're still climbing the tower. Still doing the thing. Is this actually a puzzle or just more bullshit? Eh, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of... Is it like it's an mm, actual puzzle? It requires some, like, foresight. You kind of have to read, like, what the rooms are from a distance. Okay. A little bit. It's, so you have to look at a... Th- Okay, I'm solving a puzzle right now by having to look at my phone. Anyway, you get to a floor, there's a series of rooms uh, that you can rotate 
pretty much from the start, and you just need to align them in a way so you can just run straight through them. There are a couple treasure spheres on some side paths. You don't need to do those because you can throw Mog. And you find another key. You'll learn some more backstory. You learn that after Hope and the rest of the Academia people were murdered, the project went on without him. And the result is that it gradually evolved into an out-of-control... Well, I want to say it gradually evolved into an out-of-control AI. No, it immediately wasn't out-of-control It was immediately out-of-control. It just continued to be more and more ruthlessly efficient. Let's just put it that way. When they head up the elevator again, they have a conversation. The AI that killed Hope and the others is now trying to kill them. Could it be Caius? There's a live trigger. And I picked the murder mystery option because it's very silly. It's very funny. Like, Sarah just decides that she's a detective all of a sudden. Right. Okay. And we, I mean, we still haven't figured out it's fake Noel at this point, right? Because otherwise we would just know it's fake Noel. Or, sorry, fake Caius. Yeah, they're not sure who's pulling the strings here, I don't think. Yep. You mean fake Caius? Yeah. Or is, they say, oh, could it be Caius that lured us here? And it's like they haven't figured out. You said fake Noel. I was like, I where the hell Noel. is there a fake Noel? Oh, no, no. That's why I, I corrected myself and said fake Caius. Gotcha, gotcha. I yeah, didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah. My bad. No worries. We get up to 452. We fuck around some more and get a terminal with another text dump. There's a new enemy on this floor called the Dragoon. It's a big robot. Pretty underwhelming. But I caught one, and it became a devastating commando for me. Oh yeah, I caught the uh, I caught the Orion off of the mini boss uh, on the elevator. That was hella good, Orion, real good. Mm-hmm. All robots are great in this game. And then we fuck around some more, right? We ride another elevator. We get ambushed by a greater behemoth, and then we get to the top of the tower, and the room is quiet, no encounters. Other than Chocolina, who will comment that the place creeps her the hell out. Why are you here? Leave. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, she's like really panicked. It's it's really something. Nobody will talk to me. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because there's no people here. <laughs> so Yule is up in this room and she's here by herself. And it's the same Yule that we met in Oerba. She gives them an artifact and says a lot of things a lot like you must protect the timeline or you must change things. And she explains that all of her visions were and all of the old visions. I believe it's not just her uh, are recorded in the Oracle drive, but that was long ago in the past. She no longer needs her visions recorded there. And that is because Caius who is immortal will remember all of her visions and remember the entire timeline of history. And she also explains that, the Cirrus possesses the eyes of Etro, Etro being one of the gods of this, you know, universe. Etro is the goddess. The goddess. There's only one goddess. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, it's like an IT company. There's, on, there's only one woman there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. What? <sighs> it's true. I work in IT. <laughs> Fuck you. That's very accurate. I mean, our, okay, our fair. woman's even an intern. We, we fucking don't even have one. Uh, see, this is why we need better STEM education. <laughs> uh, anyway, and Caius, uh, on his side, has the heart of chaos, which grants him eternity. Chaos being another god, right? Capital C. No, it's, it's the same. Um, it's the same heart of Etro. That's not confusing. Why is it called heart of chaos? It's very stupid, but that is literally Etro's heart, just like Yule literally has Etro's eyes. Oh, no, it's, liter- it's literally? 
Oh, okay. yeah, it's I like dragons. It just... it's, it's dragon's dogma shit. What do you want? Uh, and a yeah. little bit of metaphor. Is this the only time that we meet? The, I found it mildly interesting that this is the same Yule. Is this the only time, theoretically, in the game that you can interact with the same Yule? So maybe far. I'd have to look up. I'd have to check the timelines. There might be a little later. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like I think one other is going to recur. That was marginally mm-hmm. interesting and made me remember that. Oh wait, Awerbo was two hundred. Mm-hmm. Didn't wait. No, oh, yeah, she didn't die there. No, no, she just pieced out. Remember, because like Caius was about to kill everybody, and then then they're just like she's like, oh, sorry, history's changed, and he's like, well, gonna leave now. You can't do that. We made more video game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So now we get to go into a whole sci-fi 101 about changing the future and seeing the future is dangerous. Changing history leads to chaos, which we didn't hear earlier with, you know, Yule's causing thousands of deaths. But history's already broken, so this Yule's entirely cool with breaking the rules because maybe we can fix the already fixed not history and create history again. And so... Lightning is supposed to exist, says Yule. Maybe if you screw around with time enough, you can do that. She doesn't offer any hints or go, hey, here's what happened. Here's this specific thing that broke history. She just says, keep meddling, Scooby-Doo gang. This is the this origin is of hashtag. Ti- Sorry, I have a dumb joke. This is the origin of hashtag believe women. I was just going to keep ranting about this is not how time travel or prophecies yeah. work, but we're fighting an AI who's made of a computer god the, uh, right out of time cube. So maybe rules don't exist anymore. Oh, time cube's really good. Mm. Time cube is absolutely how Augusta Tower runs. Yeah, no, di- this is a digital gangster <laughs> computer god. <laughs> what is this time cube? Thing? That's true. The enemy that's been attacking Sarah and Noel is the AI machine. The Caius that they met in Academia was an imitation created by the machine, although the Caius that the hero saw in the tower earlier was the real one. Huh. I didn't catch that the real one was present. That's yeah. Weird. That's how the Yule got here, yeah. Yeah, she she, sa- she says he brought me here. But then where'd he go? <laughs> you don't see him. Anyway. No, you see him at the bottom. He, he shows up in this next line! He, he? he he was there at the beginning, remember? You followed him. Oh, right. He, he crossed the bridge. Yep, and yep, then yep, you went nope. back and fucked off for an hour and a half and came back. So, right. of course, you could have forgotten because it was yeah, like, you're right. I totally, I totally forgot about that. So, when Sarah and Noel go up to the gate to confront the sentient machine, Yule, she sees a happy future. You know, she has like an epiphany and realizes that time has changed and things are good. And then she immediately just dies. And it's not like where she got attacked by Zenobia where something kills her. She just literally just snap your fingers. She falls dead. And Caius uh, comes and she's out. She's like having Ross- embolism or whatever. Yeah, something. So they're actually going to explain this later, but let's just get it out of the way now because it makes Milan with the game make more sense. Mm-hmm. Every time the eyes of the goddess go off... It cuts your lifespan in half. So every time you have a vision, you are having your life. Ah, so that right. was one where she looked her la- for her last time and then dies. Yeah, she did that, and rather than live ten minutes longer, her body immediately shuts down. That interesting. What? Okay. okay. Whatever. Fuck Etro it. Is, That's stupid. That's fucking Etro stupid. Etro is the stupidest deity in any fiction ever. I'm just gonna yeah. say it. No shit. She makes flowers out of souls like an asshole. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally every gift you get from Etro is a horrible monkey's paw wish, and yet she is the most benevolent deity in the entire FF13 cosmos. Mm-hmm. It's called yeah. Final Fantasy 13 too, because that's how many dead yules you're going to see. Hey! That's actually <laughs> probably close to correct if it isn't. <laughs> right. So, anyway, Caius shows up again, the real Caius, and... Uh, laments her death again. Through the gate, Sarah and Noel find themselves in a large room with lots of screens. The sentient machine appears, the proto-falci Adam. For what it's worth, if you have ever played Saga Frontier, this is T-260's final boss. Sure. All right. I believe you. <laughs> Basically, it's a crazy AI that is trying to cause uh, full genocide, and it's a pretty sick boss fight with one of the greatest themes in the game. Cool. Anyway, this is Anima's model from the beginning of FF13. It's got the same main body and has two hands. It's not a complex fight. The big issue comes next. Mm-hmm. So, Noel and Sarah wonder how the proto-Falci could end up there, and then they come to the conclusion that the top of the tower must be like the Void Beyond, a crossroads for time, which means it would allow the AI to time travel. The Falci could have gone back in time and manipulated the AI to build the Falci, making a closed loop. It was trying to protect the distortion that gave birth to it. But if it can manipulate the past, then it can go back into time and rebuild itself. And then that immediately happens. And then you fight it again. Right. Yeah. So you, you fight it once. They talk, you know, the thing that was kind of funny about this. So this entire time you have that uh, shooty HG, you know, pseudo um, Power Man 5000 song playing in the background. So you beat the boss and then your characters talk and the song is still playing like super aggro in the background, which is very distracting. And then we end up fighting it again. And this second phase is the real part of the battle. Adam has more HP, better stats, more moves. It can buff itself. And the manipulators have buffs and debuffs. Uh, it has attacks like Ultima and Gate of Babylon. It's just this fight turned up uh, a notch or two. That Gate of Babylon completely destroyed my Flanator. It was so wounded that I couldn't revive it until I used a wound potion. At least it seemed like that. It seemed like it was immune to revival until I used a wound potion. After the battle, there is a live trigger. If you answer incorrectly, the player has to fight a new version of the Falci. Every one of these is a different Falci in terms of stats, meaning it counts as a different enemy in the bestiary. Oh. Yes. Well, good thing I accidentally fought all of them. Yeah, get that out of the way now if you're strong enough, because a late-game side quest is filling that thing, and if you don't, you have to reset this whole timeline and do this again. 
Wait, oh, does that no. include like going to 300 again? No, no, just reset this place, okay. and if you have the key item, you can skip ahead. Oh, okay, Th- thank fucking God. Holy right, right, shit. and I think you actually get that quest at the end of uh, this episode. Yes, yeah, yeah. you do. Yes, you do. Yep. If you're me, you get it in an accident in a hilarious way because of the way all of the NPCs crowd on you when you throw Mog. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Who is talking to me right now? <laughs> I fought Adam all the times. The fight is cool. Like, there's a lot of shit visually happening with the arms, like, skidding across the floor, throwing up sparks and shit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. But I definitely dunk every single one of these in, like, one or two stagger bars. I think if you're keeping up with the power curve, it's not a horribly tough fight just i can imagine if you've gone through this fight several times you end up like struggling yeah with like the wound damage it ends up being a bit tough but if you look up the right answer or figure out that it's the one that isn't like oh hey maybe if we kill it again it'll eventually stop repairing itself (laughs) i like the throw mog option is very funny that is funny well, I had, like, because I had Orion and Noel as commandos, and it was wide, so Orion and Sarah would fuck up one, Noel would go fuck up the other arm, and then we just, you just turbo-dunk the main body. Yeah. Also, I looked it up. There are actually 12 Yules who die during the course of this game. Real close. So close. I, you know what? <laughs> I, man, I wish I could come up with a way to make a 12 angry men joke, but when you replace all of the other words in that, it doesn't sound like a joke. Cut this out! <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Sarah wonders if she can manipulate the past, given that they're standing at a like a crossroads of time, so she yells at Hope about how these machines are making her angry, and then, via the magic of time travel, Hope must have realized it, not built the robot, and Adam disappears, and the battle is won. Uh, right. And, uh, I made a note that this was, uh, like a time loop, like Garland in Final Fantasy one. Yep. Yep. So I, I mean, I don't know if I call it a callback. Oh, Uh, come on. (laughs) Oh, after this battle, by the way, we get a fragment and basically there was like this entire like debate between the AI and the Academy, like where it wanted the power to turn humans into like soulless ghouls. And the Academy was like, hmm, seems bad. Mm. And then that's when they created the revolution with the robots where they killed everyone else. So Hope wasn't there to argue against it. And because this robot killed the person who thought he might kill people with these powers, no one else said, oh, maybe we shouldn't give him these powers. So he got the powers. Time! Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it's just... This robot hopes like, no, you might kill all of us with that. So he Mm -hmm. kills Hope and then everyone knows it and then says, oh, okay, I guess he won't kill everyone. (laughs) Just kill one person. (laughs) Get over Academy. Fuck off. (laughs) There's a reason Hope has to live for 500 years. Otherwise, everyone everyone else is a fucking moron. (laughs) Yeah, that's the point. That's literally the point of this plot. That's very funny. There Uh, is a paradox ending here. I want to hear about it. So, if you go through all of the failed ones, it will then spawn a super boss version of this as the paradox boss. If you take that out, it specifically goes, hey, guess what? Because this thing could endlessly respawn itself, it eventually kills you. And so it creates duplicate, soulless, lightning, or Sarah, Noel, and Mog, 
and <laughs> sends them out into the world to act as its horrible avatars to finish converting everything. That's how you get the 400 AF doomed future. Uh, like, in all fairness, Mog already soulless. <laughs> no, Mog is a sociopath. There's a difference. No, explicitly soulless. The Mog body ha- it has no soul. It is like this weird automaton driven by the soul of Mog that lives in the wand. I know, but he has a soul. Okay. Now it's just a robot. The the wand has a soul. Oh my god. Semantics. <laughs> uh, so, at this point, Sarah has a future vision, but it's vague, and it causes her to faint. But she comes oh, to... No. Oh. Fuck, there are 13. Ah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I just realized are... where I did my math wrong. There's 13. Do they all... Okay, don't... Okay, I was going to say, do they all die? And I'm like, well, probably the last one does. Th- there are probably. 13 deaths. You see more than 13 Yules. Oh, okay. Video games all are right, fucking stupid. All right, that makes sense. Stupid. That checks out. <laughs> the number 13's very important, you guys. Hope you knew that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy XIII series is the most robust JRPG ever created because it has two themes, the power of friendship and the number 13. Right. So it, it's basically like they're, they're totally stealing Stephen King's steez with the number 19 in the Dark Tower series. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I don't care. I would take a Dark Tower JRPG. Oh, that would be. Ooh, I don't know, man. The last time they made something out of the Dark Tower. Did you see that movie? It was I real did. bad. It was real bad. I know. It would be oh fine. They could just finally a JRPG would be equally as wordy <gasps> as the source material. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Have you seen the shelf of Dragon Quest Seven script? No, I, no. That's a real thing at the Square Enix Japan office. That it is like behind a, a velvet rope. Really? It's literally a shelf of binders. And that's just the... I'm not terribly surprised. Like, like that's game, the longest right? game, I think. Like, I think it's even longer than the Persona games. Oh, no. No, no. If you think that's the longest JRPG... is eight a million me, hours long? Let me tell you about Trails in the Sky. Oh, I've heard those I actually never played that one. Okay. That one has a script that first chapter alone would roughly rival some of the longest works in English in its Japanese form. Then you translate that to English and it swells. Yikes. Oh, I bet you it's all really great and worth keeping. Oh yeah, some of it is worth nothing. But keep in mind, <laughs> this is a game that has three chapters. Right. So it's like Oh, over but that's three like games, that's yeah. like the whole trilogy. That's like Well, I'm just saying that whole story is a, such a fat thing that one third of it is enough to rival some of the longest works in terms of dialogue. Yeah, but Dragon Quest Seven is on its own. Wikipedia describes it as a meta series. Okay, oh, here's boy. the thing: Dragon Quest Seven can hit two hundred hours tops. That is easily doable between all the Trails games in one series, and there are multiple series. Oh my god! It was hold up. The game was first released in Japan in 2004. Due to the, its massive size of text, the game was not localized into English until 2011. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Didn't the second game in the series, this is a real thing, <clears throat> was something that nearly caused the translator to kill himself and gave him horrible depression. 
But that's like every game in Japan, right? Like, no, no. Like, <laughs> like I need. Mean... <laughs> God damn it. Is, is I like the part of game development over there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I just read that as like a cultural judgment. That was very funny. <laughs> no, I just thought that that was a regular thing. JRPGs, no. am I right? <laughs> that is like, that is straight up a whole thing. It nearly ended a small independent dev house who was working on the localization. Oh, oh, yeah, fucking, sure. you know what? That would be the most, like, true-to-form way for Xseed to go. Not Xseed, a- um, the company Carpo they hired S- to do. Carpo San- uh, Carpe... Yeah. Carpe something. Yep. Carpe Folger, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Carpe yep, Folger. Yep. Folger. <sighs> I, I wouldn't mind if Xseed went out of business. Mm. Why is that? I, I would take Xseed over a few places. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Here's the thing. At this point, I would love to see the bullet put in NIS America. Look, all I'm oh, saying yeah. is every... Okay, you know what? They're like three... Uh, I'm trying to figure out at what point out of like this company to go out of business by going through their Wikipedia list. Okay, here we go. This is where it is. Half Minute Hero came out. So 2009, Xseed could die and I wouldn't care. Okay, here's the thing. Xseed has been localizing the East games... And they did good jobs, and then NIS America underbid them for eight, and it has been a constant shit show ever since. They had to, like, retranslate it, didn't they? Yes, because somehow they translated it worse than the English subtitles in the Japanese version, which were not written by English speakers, mind you. Ouch. Wait, there's a little King Story HD? What the fuck is that? Uh, It's a PC port and it sucks. It's It's got very very bad problems. Yeah, yeah, that's what I read. But I really like Little King Story. Should I play Little King Story HD? It's it's the same game again. If you liked it, it's just gonna be buggy. Okay, sure. Uh, All right, let's get back on this. You know what? <laughs> Fuck. I would let go of EDF four point one if it meant that I wouldn't have to see all this bullshit on Steam. Guess what? It's not Xseed to blame for that. You want to kill Ghostlight? Let's all murder okay. Ghostlight. Okay, sure. Let me step in here and say, let's I'm, not... I'm let's all not. in favor of murdering game developers I don't know anything about. I know I'm, way I'm, too much. I'm going to point it out, like, this, is not the, this is not the official position of Lightning Strikes Thrice to uh, murder anybody. Mm. Hard disagree! <laughs> <laughs> he is the oh. one who's listed as the sole host. He does get to declare that. Look, I will say, as someone in charge of the Pitch Drop Network, we need to murder whoever the fuck Fletch just said. <laughs> Ghost Pitch lie. Drop's official stance. <laughs> Uh, okay where are we we made it like 10 words in <laughs> we got to she fates yeah no she uh sarah fades noel feels better and there was a narration that sarah does she says that noel doesn't seem like himself nowadays and she wonders if it's because he can't remember the future anymore because it, that she, he knew doesn't exist anymore just before heading out of the gate noel says that when sarah is angry she reminds him of lightning which is weird because he met lightning for like five seconds. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. And she wasn't very angry either. Maybe lightning just leaves an impression. I guess. Okay. Anyway, Academia 400x AF.
Academia 400 XAF is looking pretty good. Looks like Noel and Sarah did it. Hope and Alyssa arrive to greet them, and they lead them to Academy HQ. Okay, and by lead, she means, come meet us, bye. And then <laughs> yeah. that, get, that spawns Sarah saying a line that I thought was incredible. Noel goes, where do we find the Academy office? And then Sarah says, it's probably the most impressive looking building. I mean, she's not wrong. It's literally, you just walk straight forward. Yeah, it's basically the Sydney Opera House, except full of computers. Mm-hmm. It's basically the Sydney Opera House. I don't think the Sydney Opera House has a giant holographic globe. Yeah, yet. what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's actually a giant treasure chest. Oh, is, is it? it? Oh, yeah, I throw a mug into it. Oh, shit, I should do that. For real? Yeah. Okay. I think there's a wild artifact hidden in it. I think you're right. I think I've read something about that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking, sorry, Final Fantasy 13.2.txt. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> Save Everyone file. forgets, I love me some fucking stupid. Why do you think I'm along for the ride? I like this game. This game is fucking dumb, but I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah it's the best. This game is very Xenosaga in terms of, you went there? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not as interesting as Xenosaga. Like, never mind. I'm not going to go into that. Oh, I'm That's agreeing with you, but it's still very much more fun and playable because it has 10 more years of development behind it. Yeah. So now you get to run around academia. So around academia, this place is loaded with side quests. There are quiz terminals, which you can brain start. Blast. Yeah, there's Brain Blast, which is yep. a hologram in the image of <clears throat> Lightning's former captain running around going, I'm going to ask you questions. There are yep. fragments. There are locked treasures. There is a gate sitting somewhere. There is a freaky walkway that goes nowhere and, like, leads into nothing, like the Springfield Escalator to Heaven. Yeah, but there are two people there, and when I went up there, they said, all clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some of the incidental dialogue is pretty funny, and, like, most of it's, like, not interesting at all, but, yeah, the all clear people are like, what are you, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what, what the fuck was I gonna... I don't remember what I was gonna say here. <laughs> Forget about it. Right. Oh, the invisible gate. Yeah. This gate seems to be broken. It's just, like, fucking not there. Yeah, it's, like, shimmery. It's like there. It, it's yeah, here's this there. weird time hole. So in the northeastern corner of Academia, there's this really weird walkway that has a ramp goes down, but it's also on an angle. It's, like, diagonal to the left and diagonal down. And that just seems really, really bizarre. It's really bad. That's why it doesn't go anywhere. All the construction workers slid off to their death, and that's why it doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those uh, brain blast terminals, like, I decided to go ahead and do those. They're very funny. Uh, A lot of the questions there. Like, I think, and there are a ton of them. Like, there are, I thought there's somewhere in the hundreds. Yeah, there's, there's, there's like hundreds. A, uh, right, I do like, though, that it revealed that fucking all those weird abilities you got in 13 were called unparalleled attacks. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's a pretty deep dive into trivia and lore and other stupid shit from both 13, 1, and 2. Right. I was able to do like 70% of them. I had to look up the rest. Feel no shame about having to cheat at those. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the thing uh, here's I the feel frustrating shame about thing. the 70% I knew. Here's the frustrating thing about these is that they throw in some questions like some of them are just like, how would you know this unless you like talk to every NPC in this game? Incidental dialogue. There are yep. like art assets for like mo- posters for like movies. 
Right. Yeah. No, there, yeah. there's one where it's like, uh, my, my favorite one that at least I can remember offhand is, uh, as a wedding ceremony on pulse, the, uh, the crowd throws flans at the married couple, <laughs> which is really good. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but your weird pre-wedding like monster bukake. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, do we want to talk about the two questions that cheat? Yes, please. Oh, I was about to. red or black and even or odd. Yep, and left or right. I think or like left hand, right hand. There's like something. There's like that a few too. of those, and they're all able to be told apart by which order the answers are in. Yep. Well, the one has to do with what buttons, what color on your controller, apparently. Yeah, it makes no sense, and it's just there to fuck you on question 7 out of 10, and then you have to do it all over again. Yep. Yep. And I, I, there's one I, I screwed up. I, I ran into it three or four times. I screwed it up every time, and I can't remember how I kept doing the, the same answer. Odds are horizontal, and evens are vertical. Yeah, there's, like, nothing to indicate. Like, it's just there to fuck you up, so you have to keep doing this. It's very frustrating. But, yeah, a lot of the answers are here. They're pretty funny. And and some of them are, like, interesting, like, either world-building in a way that is completely unnecessary for this game, but it's interesting. And then some of it's, like, really fourth-wall-breaking. One of them is just wrong. It's like, Saz is known for his piloting skills, but what did he do before the Purge? And in that game, they tell you, he was a pilot for the military, but apparently the answer the game wants is train conductor. Is, is that a translation error? Yeah. What? Yeah, that does come up. Uh, in the game, in the first game. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, because they said he was a military pilot before the purge. Well, he was a military pilot uh-huh. at the time of Wait, the purge. What? Before that, though, he conducted trains because he wasn't flying things. Really? Okay. Where did it say that? Where is that? It's in a couple of conversations, including one of them with Vanille when they're on the run. Uh, oh, God. That's so that's such a deep cut. Yeah, they're all such deep cuts. There are literally things that ask you to look at textures on a wall you will never stop to stare at. Yep. Yeah. So basically, look these up on the Internet. Have some yeah, fun. 100 <laughs> percent cheat through brain, brain blast. Yeah, Just Google so- IGN Brain Blast and press Control F. Yep. 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 I yeah, like so- that the page says there are so many of these. We recommend you press Control F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you you get like five hundred or six hundred CP for each one of these you finish. You I don't know if there's anything else you get out of it. There's like um, three artifacts or four of them. for completing all of them. Artifacts. Uh, okay. Yeah. Which if you get the uh, the chaos weapon that Hope can give you, like the stats with it scale with the number of artifacts you have. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That sounds like it could be powerful. It is. It's basically your endgame gear. Wow. It's your endgame gear if you're willing to sink a bunch of time into stat, just into just going and getting a bunch of wild artifacts. Hey, guess what? There's a hidden ending for all 140 artifacts. I cannot wait to complain about just one gill. Anyhow, uh, also, remember earlier when I said the map side quest was one of the two worst in the game? Here's mm-hmm. the other worst in the game. The professor inside academia who wants you to hunt down every monster in the game. Yep, I'm, a, That's I'm okay a Dr. with that. No, no, no. Thing, Let me tell you why this is the worst hands down. Oh, does it include, like, beating the paradox bosses? Yes. Okay. And it, the map one... You can tell what you have because every set of a certain timeline, you get an artifact to track your progress. Like, if you do all the Sunleth Waterscape maps, you will have an artifact for that. So, 
That's how you can tell which ones you've done and which ones you haven't. This quest is all or nothing. No hints, no way to tell what you're missing, no way to tell what family they're under. It's use a guide or fuck you. I I guess I don't mind because enemies represent, like, theoretically unique content. Okay, but the problem is, if you are missing some, there is literally nothing in the game that tells you what you are missing. Like, that was hella fun in 10, because you had that, like, really well, like, set-ordered-out bestiary with missing slots. Yeah, Yeah. and this one, there's no missing slots. That's the problem. No, that's garbage. Yeah, that's bad. The, the one thing I have to say about Dr. M, which, by the way, that, that scene where you meet him is really funny because there's a there's an item. Or no, no, no. Is, is, is this part of the scene? There's an item. No, when you first meet him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. There's a kiosk in the center of the Okay, yeah, the this first is how room. I met him. You throw the mo- this is, yeah. Oh, you're sorry. You cut out. I was going to say exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> no, yeah, no. You throw. There's, a, there's an item there. You throw Mog at it. And then all of a sudden, all these people just mob the area because like, oh, my God, a Moogle. <laughs> and this one moves. And then I accidentally press A too early to try to clear the message of whatever the fuck I got that I don't care about. And then I've, a cutscene happened, and that, <coughs> it turns out Mog hadn't opened the sphere yet, so I had to throw Mog again. <laughs> Did the whole thing but, happen again? No, it just, I had to throw him again because the cutscene interrupted Mog. Uh, that's very funny. The one thing I gotta say about Dr. M, I talked to him, I'm like, I know that voice. That voice sounds very familiar. So I looked it up, and it's uh, J.B. Blanc. Uh, who was the voice of Ryotaro Dojima in Persona 4. So that's why... Like, the uncle. It's a very distinctive voice to me, anyway. I don't know who that is. He's the the cop. The the cop dad. Your uncle. Oh! Ryotaro Do- he's uh, your Dojima. He's your dad in that game? Okay. Well, he's your he's your uncle, but yeah, he's basically dad. your dad. He's not. He doesn't drink that much. He just He's gruff and he's negligent. <laughs> drunk dad. <laughs> eh, fair. Uh... <laughs> When Sarah and Noel go into the core room to see Hope and Alyssa, Hope talks about the proto-Fal C. When Hope looked into the Oracle drives and saw Sarah calling out to him, that's when he knew he had to stop the proto-Fal C project. So how did Hope and Alyssa get to 400 AF? In the dumbest way possible. The worst way possible. They traveled through a time capsule and essentially slept through time. So pretty much cryosleep kind of a thing. That doesn't seem that dumb to me. That seems like actual sane planning. No, this I like that they call it time travel when it's just cryostasis. <laughs> it's time travel in the same way that it's time travel when I go to sleep. I'm just saying, this is a series that's very loose with time travel. Snow mm. traveled through time by beating up a tomato for 200 years. Yeah, how did that I just happen? I like it. It seems dumb because it's the only not dumb way in this video game. But anyway, they are here because of the thirteenth arc, a self levitating facility found on Grand Pulse that holds the key to Hope's new idea, which is to create a new cocoon. Is that one of the things full of monsters? Yeah, or, or like like training. Remember, it was like intentional yeah. grinding. No, that's why I'm like, what? Why the fuck would you go in there? Well, it's because it, it self levitates. Because it was full of super tech. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that because it, if he could figure out why it's floating, he can make something else float without needing a fallacy. I think that's the the logic there. But, yeah, they're studying that to create the new artificial right, planet, and that's why you're giving him graviton cores. Yeah, this whole this whole cutscene is very good as long as you, when you remember that cocoon is the moon, and hope just like we gotta build a moon. 
That's pretty good. And because Hope is the only person who took from the Royal Ripeness Saga, hey, this is going to fall eventually. Crystal is not a permanent solution. Let's make the permanent solution. Which is very different than the final solution. Let's just be very clear on that. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Nobody got that. Anyway. Um, okay, you know what? I decided that I, we did it. We found the red line. And the red line is me like pretending that a final solution is a good idea. <laughs> Hey, I, you'll notice I was silent for that. I know, I know. Finally, finally, I found a thing I'm unwilling to say. Yeah, as the one Jewish guy on that Spoilers. podcast, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> also, I know how this game ends. Guess what? It's not good. Oh, probably not. Probably not. So, Hope heard about this through the Oracle Drive, and that's how this thing kept going. And he also explains that, oh, yes, by the way, I saw you in the Oracle Drive, and that's how I saved you from the tower by not building uh, Adam. So, there's that. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I don't... Okay, this note might not actually apply here. Do you get that scene where Alyssa says she's never seen Hope look so happy and excited? Is that here? Or is that after you bring the course? I don't remember. Because it's incredibly funny, because Hope walks by in that cutscene with the same, like, expressionless face he always has, and she goes, I've never seen him look so happy and excited, and he walks by like, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah, I think her narration for that is right now. (laughs) Okay. I thought that was so funny. By by the way, are we still continuing the whole Alyssa has a thing for Hope and Hope doesn't give a shit? Is that, like, (laughs) is that continuing to be the thing here? Yeah, it seems like it. At this point, the player can ask Hope a series of questions in a live trigger, including the current whereabouts of Lightning, Cocoon's Pillar, and other things. The key to the 13th Arc study is a self-levitating device called the Graviton Core. If we got, say, five of these, that would definitely be enough to help lift Cocoon. I had all seven of these somehow. Yeah, if you've been doing side quests, it's possible to have this wrapped up already. Yeah, I had most of them, I think. It might have been the part where I accidentally spent 13 hours trying to figure out how to progress the plot. That would hey, I gave you a convenient walkthrough. Don't <laughs> yes, look at me. Yes, you did. No, no, even with your walkthrough, it's <laughs> like I forgot to go through the plot gate in 400. It's still really funny. Yeah, I mean. Anyhow, if totally. you talk to the receptionist outside, because Hope's not going to give you this information himself, he's too busy, you will discover there are seven Graviton cores through time and space, and enter the next chapter in the game after you deliver them. There is a paradox ending associated with this. I'm not going to bring it up right now because it will spoil what happens. Well, now mm-hmm. I want to know what it is. Go look it up then. <laughs> it is 100%. The best paradox ending in the game. That's oh, what you said about every I know single which one. one it is. <laughs> no, no. This is the best. I know which one this is. Okay. Do you need to have all seven Graviton cores for it? Like, uh, no, you just need to have the paradox scope and redo this event. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think I remember this one. This is the one. This is the one you're thinking of.
So we're going to get those cores next episode and cover a bunch of side shit. So for now, does anybody have any closing thoughts about this section of the game? Goes on for too long. Kind of annoying. Did we? Should we do a check-in on how we're developing our characters? Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about that. I forgot to put that in here. Let's see. What did I do? We maxed out Sentinel for Sarah. Took a Sentinel bonus because I still have not had the Ravager bonus, which is what I really want offered to me. And uh, unlocked Ultima Era. Ultima Arrow. Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said Era. I've gotten all of her uh, abilities for all of her currently available roles, which are just Saboteur, Ravager, and Commando. So I've just started dumping into Saboteur because it gives a bunch of health and still gives some magic to bump up her deeps. Noel got to 50 for Boone, got all of the medics for abilities, took the Synergist boost, and j- got Meteor Javelin, and now I'm just dumping points into Ravager because I'm at this awkward point where I haven't unlocked enough roles to have any other abilities. Yeah, I'm not uh, developing my characters anything special, although I did give Sarah a special weapon called... Oh, who cares? It gives an ATB boost, and with the trade-off being a little bit of stats, and I'm liking it. Um, I You're talking about the Rune Feather. Yeah. I got a Flanader, which was really good, and I got a Dragoon, which was really good, so it's pretty going pretty good, I think. Oh yeah, I did get a Bunker Beast while I was traveling through time, which is one of the lizard dudes with the shells. Turns out to be an incredible sentinel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't done anything. I'm trying to remember now. I definitely got to the, like, around 60 for Noel Commando and Ravager for Sarah. I think I did a little bit more boosting for uh, Medic for Noel to get his abilities up there. And I think I still have a handful of those left. And I believe, uh, and more for Saboteur for for Sarah. But other than that, my monsters haven't changed significantly. I, I should probably do like a serious sweep of my monsters and try to build up a, a new set at the moment. Because I, I think I'm still rolling with the ones I was using the last two chapters. And it's starting to, I, I know that the Gar Chimerica does like taps out eventually. But right now it has like 600 or like 500 to 600 magic. So it's carrying me. But I know that's not going to last the whole game. No. Uh, it could, it could probably last almost the whole game, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, Wait, which good. one is this? Yeah, yeah. It's the little, uh, it's the little uh, imp bat dude that that uh, shoots Viraga. Hmm. That's the thing you get so early. Yeah. Well, this like this work scandroid could also carry you through the whole main plot. Anything well grown can carry you through the whole main plot. Yep. Oh, so by the way, when you get it, meteor javelin is just high wind but does it in multiple hits, so you don't even have to worry about breaking the damage limit. And uh, Ultima Arrow is basically Army of One, except you can do a billion more damage with it, because the animation is so long, and you can change paradigms in between it. If you swap to one where Sarah's a commando, it does an ungodly amount of damage. Neat. Uh, By this point, I had decided to change out my monster for uh, something different, so Lightning is now Ultros. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, no, the one thing I forgot to mention, I gave second level roll bonuses for the primary roles for Sarah and Noel, but I also gave them an extra bump in the items. So now I'm starting to double up on like fragile items and stuff and getting a little bit out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So They're delicate. Yeah. Do we have any closing thoughts for this section? Graham said it went on too long. 
I am all about the music and Augusta Tower, which is by Mitsuo Suzuki and has a very techno style that you do not get in most of the rest of the game, which is because it's the only real high tech area. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember it at all. It's pretty jamming, especially the battle theme. I'd probably recognize it if I heard it, but I can't recall it. I'm going to go listen to it. Not that I can't remember it because it's bad. It's that I can't remember it because this is like over a month ago now. Right. Yeah, I'm a fan. It will probably have been cut in somewhere in this because it stands out so much. Oh, I'm going to cut in both the regular and the battle one because, nice. oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to do that for every area because uh, it's awesome. Here's my meta strat. Keep the music in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It probably just, I don't remember it because it's not as distinct as like the melodies you get in like Hope's theme or oh, what's the, the Paradox one or... Story of Crux. Like, there, there's a lot of songs here that have very strong melodies that keep getting stuck in my head, and that just one. That's one that I probably. Well, I've also like, been but... a fan of the artist for years, so that would be part okay. of it. Okay, that's fair. My thoughts on this chapter I'm glad that I did some of the Augusta Tower stuff early because I didn't have to do 200 AF because I already did it. So that saved me at least a lot of. It would have felt a lot more of a slog if I had to do two versions of the tower in one run. Oh my god, dude. The way that my time lines up to play video games means that I just had to play this game for like an eight-hour block once a week. Yikes. And just when you have eight hours and it's just do the Augusta Tower for like six hours and just fucking want to die. I like the tower the first time okay. The second time just getting ambushed by so many fights and then having to just, you know, three or four star my way through it just because I don't have any bonuses or whatever. It wasn't super fun. I think the Adam boss fight is good. I think the the whole time loop thing was a, was a nice little touch and a, a bit of a callback. Oh, that entire thing was really hype. Yeah, no, it was great. And getting to run around Academia 400 and watch little children eat shit is really funny. <laughs> yeah, no, like, did not mind fighting the same boss five times in a row because it was cool. Yeah, so... I definitely have high expectations that things will continue and be interesting. Well, JK, it'll turn into a JRPG plot. We're about to go into the worst part of the game. All right. However, it's only the worst part because it's a linear corridor. That was the best part of Final Fantasy (laughs) XIII. No, no, you'll see. All right. I like to imagine it's literally just one straight hallway with the same texture for like five hours. Okay, so like, I'm going to say this without a spoiler. It's literally one straight line on the Historia Crux off to the side. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Does the arena unlock right now, by the way? You should have the arena by now. Well, but you I I haven't so, been yeah. back to it, but can you do stuff in it now? You have it right away because you were doing New Game Plus shit. I'm trying to think of when the story arena opens versus the DLC arena, and I cannot recall the distinction. I think I have both open, but I haven't checked them. I don't know what's up with the DLC stuff, because I don't have the DLC arena, and I can't play cards in the casino, which means that I don't do anything in the casino other than dump Gil into chips, because the fucking... Just like in real life, slots are a loser. Is there any point to playing the slots? Do you get anything out of it that's worth getting? No. And in fact, the DLC gives you a much better game to play that gives you the same currency. Oh, good. Good. I'll do I'll I'll play the cards instead. All I'm doing is just dumping gold gill into fucking buying some chips so I can buy artifacts. Any of you guys. uh, What about the Chocobo racing? Is that worth it? No. 
There's a million. Yeah, there's a million rules to it, and it also involves a bunch of grinding on like monster upgrades. So I didn't do it. Yeah, I saw. I, I I saw that like getting a silver chocobo and stuff. Anyway, so you can get in touch with the show via Twitter or Facebook at LightXThrice. Plug time. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast on the network, Magmar Sucks, where we are stack ranking Pokemon based on how interesting they are. Do you guys have anything to share with the listeners? I do, in fact. So I recently did a guest spot on the Golden Pages podcast with uh, previous guest Justin Bortnick. Was it the best part of the game? It is the best part. Of, well, I don't know if it's the best part of the game. <laughs> no, I was doing his meme. I know that. And in fact, he admitted on the podcast that he does it just for us. That is a that is a Lightning Strikes Thrice exclusive. <laughs> but they're going through Persona 4 Golden. And uh, I was there for the coverage of May into early June, which is uh, Kanji's Dungeon. Oh, my God, dude. Because of the way I played the Persona games, I wound up trying to do entire dungeons in one shot on one day. And oh, I do that every that time. dungeon yeah. is long. And I lost to that last boss twice. That was almost the end of that playthrough. Really? Because like, I mean, I'm playing New Game Plus, so it's like super easy for me. But I've always been able to do it one shot as long as I had enough, like was creating enough money and killing enough golden hands. I can heal myself, my SP up to full with the fox. And then you just the use what? go homes to just the fox, the, fox, the hermit. You never met the hermit, no. Arcana? There's no. a at the shrine. You meet a this the handkerchief yeah, there's a fox at the shrine. You do side quests for it, but he can heal you while you're in the TV land. If you give him a bunch of money, he'll get heal your. That SP. seems so good. Yeah, if it's you're not doing good. that, you've just made the game about five hundred percent harder for yourself. Oh, maybe oh, yeah. that's why I didn't think it was the easiest game in the world, and therefore too long, like Persona Five. <laughs> Both four and five do that fu thing where they have a secret thing that if you do it, will trivialize it, but they don't tell you. Well, in Persona 5, it's the fucking SP band patches or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's all about SP management for that game. The Fox is basically the prototype of that. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's very expensive, though, especially early in the game. You can't, like, abuse it. Well, that much. would be fine, because otherwise you wind up with, a, like, a way too much money in that game. Right. Yeah. So it's a fun dungeon. It's a fun discussion. You get to hear me uh, complain about how they handle kanji. That's it for me. Uh, Golden Pages. Graham. Uh, yeah, I'm still doing my Let's Play of Final Fantasy VII New Threat, a gameplay mod. And as of this recording, I recently... I think I'm just about to go to Rocket Town to get the last Mega Materia. Speaking of Chocobo Racing, <laughs> New Threat actually has a special item you can get. You can basically get a gold Chocobo just by giving an item to a guy instead of doing all that Chocobo Racing, which is really cool on the mods part oh thank god then in that case by you know i'm not going to presume that we'll have launched by then so i won't go into the three shows that don't currently have a website however you can hear me regularly on the Raceball network with going digital and the upcoming equatorial 353 at my website hellscaper.com or on twitter at Bustrider. this does not come out until like two months from now yeah, like Still July. a non-zero chance, so let's just go with Google the Rice Ball <laughs> Network, and maybe we'll have launched some of these. I just commissioned the art for half of them today. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Okay, uh, that's all until next time, when we'll be talking about the Graviton Core Hunt and all of the optional content. 
probably not side quests, but probably just areas inside stories in those areas that have been available from the start of the game up until just now. All right. Goodbye, I guess. Bye now. See ya. See ya. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.